0: This is NBA Sound System Live. Featured on NBA.com sites around the world and archived on the NBA Sound System Podcast feed, where you get your podcasts by searching NBA Sound System. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, each with the handle at NBA Sound System, or visit us at NBASoundsystem.com
1: for more. Now to the host for this edition of NBA Sound System Live, Carlin Gay and Micah Adams. Micah, my man, I went into the weekend so optimistic about the potential return for the NBA season, and I still feel optimistic leaving the weekend. Carlin Gay, Micah Adams, alongside on this live edition of NBA Sound System. Micah, where's your optimism on on a level on the scale of one to ten?
0: I feel like I'm coming around, man. I, I've been Mr. Debbie Downer this entire time. I. Look, I will remain skeptical until games are actually being played under a bubble uh, in the middle of Epcot Center on top of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad until we actually have <laughs> basketball being played. I'm hesitant to believe it'll actually happen, but I think this is the first time in like probably since we stopped uh, since we canceled the season that I, that I think I've swung over the other side of 50% and that I think this is going to happen.
1: Yeah, I I was always optimistic, but of course, the the, the main caveat for me wasn't whether or not uh, we we would return as if we would return safely, and it seems as though smarter people than you and I have figured out a way to potentially get us back on the court and safely. We will break down all of the possibilities that we have been hearing, the rumors, uh, and what we think would be the best case scenario should the NBA return to finish off the 2019-2020 season, uh, first things first. Let's get to the uh, what, the first report that we saw, or maybe the most exciting report that we've seen in the past couple of days: the potential of seeding one through sixteen. Now, you uh, have been an advocate of this for a very long time, regardless of this new format or or uh, you know kind of truncated playoffs. You've been a fan of this one to sixteen seeding forever.
0: I, yeah, I don't understand, I don't understand why this hasn't been a thing for years now. Like I, like I get it from the sense of uh, you know if there's gonna be 10, 10 West teams and 60s teams or but I mean, you could you could always just say we're gonna take eight teams from both conferences, uh, but then seed them one through 16. Look, I I just I don't understand why we would ever not want a situation that would prevent the two best teams in the league. From playing each other in the NBA Finals, and for a while now, it just seems like we're going out of our way to force this East-West thing. When really, like, you, in in every league uh, uh, across all of professional sports, the only reason why there was ever West first East to begin with was because planes and travel sucked. And like the 1950s and 60s, it's not a problem anymore. Like, I I don't understand why we wouldn't have done this already. Now is the perfect opportunity to switch things up and to do something to get with the program uh, and do something that just makes more sense, uh, just strictly from a competitive balance uh, standpoint. So I'm jazzed. I, I would love
1: to see it. I hope they do it. I should also add a little context into exactly what we're talking about, and not assume that well, everybody that out help. there is, you know, <laughs> mind readers. Uh, if the league does come back, there is a proposal on the table where we go straight to the playoffs, and that would see teams uh, one teams that are already in the playoffs in both conferences seated one through sixteen by virtue of their record. So, meaning the Bucs, who have the best record in the regular season currently, wouldn't play another regular season game. They'd be the number one seed throughout the playoffs. And they would play the Orlando Magic, who, out of the current playoff teams, has the worst record. Either way you slice it, Bucks and Orlando would play in the first round. Where it gets interesting is the rest of the series. You'd have 2 and 15, which would see the Lakers and a potential potential return, maybe? Still fingers crossed for Kevin Durant and Kyrie it. Irving. Oh baby. I, I, I mean that's No is one has a said right he's there. not coming back. No one said he's nope. not coming back. You're right. right. No one has actually put the the kibosh on on those two coming back. But what would that mean? Imagine imagine seeing LeBron against KD in the first round. See, okay, so this is
0: this is one of those scenarios where I think like if the Nets were playing the Raptors. Uh that that is complete house money. For KD, he could come back, they could get swept, and it just wouldn't matter. I do think if he's staring across and it's a potential matchup against LeBron, because you know how these things work. We talk about what happened when certain guys went up against other other guys in the playoffs all the time. I, I do think that if the Nets are going to be playing the Lakers, that that would reduce the odds that Kevin Durant is, is actually playing in the playoffs, right? Like, that's a tough one to walk back into. Hey, you haven't played in 13
1: months Congratulations, here's LeBron James. I don't know. Yeah, but 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 if you're Kevin Durant, would it? I mean, he's as competitive as anyone else. What why that would be like the perfect scenario, not maybe not the perfect scenario, but the perfect guy to go against to re, to remind everybody just how nice he was before he got hurt. I mean, there was a little well, well, conversation well, at the time when he was healthy about who was the best player in the NBA. How about reannounce yourself to the world as the guy that knocked off LeBron James?
0: Well, you know, if, if Kevin Durant is known for anything, it's definitely not taking the easy road. So, uh, you know, I'll just, leave, I'll just leave that
1: one there. Fine. Uh, well, well, what about the, the, just having the, the storylines of just him, Kyrie going up against, that, I mean, that would be incredible. Uh, the other exciting matchup, what about Luca going up against Kawhi in the first round? So, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm happy you brought that up because I was looking
0: through this and I think that people, people think that like, if we all of a sudden just seed one to 16, that like it just, it causes absolute mayhem and everything's different. Uh, The two series that I would be most excited for were Clippers Mavericks, which we would have had anyway in celtic sixers which again we would have had anyway it's like not that much changes uh half of the matchups would be east versus west it's not like an east team is always playing a west team um i don't know i i i I agree with you i think i think luca versus Kawhi would be incredible uh and it, it would just be something that we would have
1: kind of already gotten regardless right what we wouldn't have gotten though is raptors and grizzlies uh what we would have instead is potentially raptors i believe sixers right now if the playoffs started today or or raptors, no sorry nets. raptors raptors, nets. raptors and and uh who who the was Brooklyn it nets. raptors and nets yes you're right raptors nets. and nets uh but they we get raptors and grizzlies in the first round and that's the first real crossover where it kind of matters right
0: Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think, you know, if you're if you're the Raptors, like I I don't know. I don't know if it if it ultimately matters that much, whether whether you're playing uh, the Nets or the Grizzlies. I mean, it's, it's certainly more exciting. I, I think just the just the just freshening things up a little bit, uh, I think, is great. You just you would get playoff matchups that you just you we've never seen before. I would it would be awesome to see Marc Gasol uh playing his former team obviously there they would not be doing it in memphis uh but i just think that there would be uh there would be some fun and excitement there and and i just think there's an opportunity to uh kind of inject life uh into some of these first round matchups where you just sometimes you just kind of there like half of the first round matchups our snooze fest just because it, it seems like we we just already know the outcome before they even happen? Uh, and look what like why what what like NBA rivalries out there are we are we so scared of losing if we just scrap East first West?
1: True, and most of the rivalries go east-west anyway. I mean, the biggest rivalry exactly. of them all, Lakers-Celtics, is east-west. Um, the one thing I will push back on is we're still going to have some dud first-round series, no matter wh- if we do the one to sixteen or the-, the conference. I mean, the-, the Magic and Bucks are playing regardless of whatever we do, and no one's going to tune in uh, either way, thinking that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to somehow lose to the Orlando Magic. The, the, there's only probably you know three series that could go to maybe seven games, uh, and even then you might be pushing it, and the second round is where things get interesting, and that's where the shakeup really starts to affect things, because if it goes all the way through to the finals... We could potentially see the Lakers and Clippers play for the championship rather than the Western Conference Finals uh, crown, or we could see the Bucks and the Clippers in the Conference Finals on one side, or semifinals, whatever you want to call it, on one side, and on the other side, the Lakers kind of get to walk all the way through. It
0: is. It is really interesting. I, th- I think that if you were if you were to kind of look at this and and try to determine what is it, who is the one team that would benefit the most out of all of this it's probably the Lakers, right? Like I understand that, that the Toronto Raptors have the third best uh, record in the league. Hence why they are on the side with the Lakers. But I mean, it's a pretty clear one, two, three in some order between the Bucks, Lakers and Clippers and the Lakers. uh, Now all of a sudden just find themselves not having to go through both Giannis and Kawhi. Uh, I, Look, I, I think that the, the Houston Rockets could potentially uh trip up the Lakers. They're they're the one team, probably of all eight on that side that would even have uh a punchers chance. I, I would I would think of, of taking out the Lakers. Uh but yeah, I'm with you. I do think that you're right. That that second round is really when you start seeing of some of these matchups uh come to life. Like who like the, the Sixers and Clippers playing each other in the second round would be incredible. And, and that's a matchup that you just you would never get unless it's in the NBA finals. I, I just think that this is something that you just walk into every season, not knowing who might play who, uh, because for the most part, you're like, OK, these are the top six, seven teams in a league. They could play each other in the NBA Finals, but it's so far-fetched that you never even think about it. This just opens up the possibility for just a lot more fun, uh, interest, and intrigue uh, than I think that we would see otherwise.
1: If there was a seven-game series between the Bucs and the Clippers, I'm putting you on the spot. Give me an answer. Who do we have moving on from that series?
0: I've been Clippers all the way, man. They They were my preseason pick to win the NBA title. They're my pick right now to win it. I don't care if we do uh, seeding one through sixteen. I don't care if we do uh, World Cup style group play, which I know we'll get into here <laughs> a little bit. I don't care if we come back and play the regular season to, to seventy two or seventy six or whatever. I, I'm rolling with I'm rolling with Kawhi and the Clippers.
1: Yeah, I, I I said Lakers from the start of the season. I think that it, it still would be Lakers uh, if we were able to go all the way through, but. The Clippers do have an advantage because had they played in Staples Center, it would be seven straight games of Laker home games. Uh, and I don't know that that would be uh, you know favorable for the Clippers. But without fans, anything really and truly could happen. Uh, if you're listening to this program right now, it means you're on NBA.com, NBA.com International. We have you covered for everything NBA. All these rumors, all these notes, all these news uh, items are on NBA.com right now. And if you click the link where it says NBA, you can go right now and read the latest stories. This week on NBA.com, we are celebrating Decades Week. Michael. we already have a couple pieces up. Uh, The last two days from the 2010s and the 2000s, who is the most underrated player in the 2000s? The most underrated
0: player in the 2000s? It's my guy, AK-47, Andrea Kirilenko. Uh, the most forgotten player. I don't know if it's because he played in Utah or if it's because he never he never kind of got unleashed in a way that he probably should have. Andre Kirilico, uh I, I, I'm stunned that that guy only made one All-Star game.
1: Yeah, I had went with Jermaine O'Neal from the early 2000s. I think he's the most underrated player from that decade. You could read that. And so much more for the rest of the week. We'll be doing Decades Week on NBA.com. Keep it locked there. We have you covered. You mentioned Micah some other uh, formats that have been kicked around, and one that's getting a lot of buzz, and one that I'm quite frankly not a fan of. It is this World Cup style of uh, of, of playoffs, and, and what it's really going to do is it's uh, the current 16 teams plus. The next four best teams, which would be the Trailblazers, Pelicans, Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs. So everyone that's not in the East, or sorry, everyone that's not in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference right now, their season would be finito. Uh, everybody uh, except for the Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, and Spurs, their season will be finito in the West. So that means Golden State and I believe Minnesota is out. Uh, they would be put into groups of four five groups of four and it would be tiered so the best teams that have the best record which would be currently the bucks lakers raptors clippers would be tier one uh following that would be the celtics nuggets jazz heat would be tier two so on so forth and you would break them down into five groups they would play each other twice so everyone would play eight games and the two best records out of those 8 games or out of those four four groups would move on to a knockout stage which would be a best of 7. I don't like it. Um yeah, it's too random for me. I really don't like it. I feel like you're you're giving teams like the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs an equal amount of opportunity as the Bucks, Lakers and Raptors or Clippers who have busted their butts all year long to have a good record to this point. Uh, at, at a shot at the championships, and that's why I don't like it. See, so you just want predictability. You're you're
0: just the boring guy that just wants the status quo with nobody. You know, we just <laughs> we all chalk all the way. We bucks. You, you you just want a snooze fest
1: between the Bucks and the Magic. You don't want the good stuff until until later on. I want a real champion to be crowned. I don't want to see a finals where, where I'm tuning in to seven games of the Sacramento Kings and San Antonio Spurs to be crowned the 2020 championship when they didn't deserve it's it. It's not gonna that wouldn't happen. That wouldn't happen, though. I mean they could get hot. That We've seen happen. teams go deep in March Madness. The one the one thing, so
0: okay, so I I I think that this would be a bad solution like long term. There's no way that the NBA would ever be able to do this at scale. Uh, Under normal circumstances, if teams are flying all over the place and playing, however, look, we are already in in complete uncharted, unprecedented territory. We're never going to see this again. Anyway, Uh, whoever wins the NBA title this year, like it or not, we've talked about this before. There's going to be an asterisk next to it. Uh, no matter what, right? So why not do something that creates the absolute most intrigue possible? I think for a one-off, uh, summer of 2020 at Disney world, there's no fans. Why, why not just, just completely go all in to making this thing as crazy as possible. Uh, I, I'm with you in, in the sense that I do think it creates more of a level playing field, uh, than is probably fair, uh, and, and look, like, the I'm of the opinion that, like, the selection show itself would be just as entertaining as some of the
1: games. I, I feel that way uh, about the World Cup. Wait a second. Like, you mentioned. Wait a second. What? How is that not the yeah. reason why you wouldn't want this format, though? The fact that you're more ex- or just as excited about a selection show as you are the yeah. actual games shows me all I need to know. Get this out of here. No, nah, Are
0: you? You're telling me you don't like Selection Sunday for the NCAA tournament, or you I don't love like it. when they do the World Cup draw. You don't like free I love agency or the NBA draft or the draft lottery. I
1: love it, and it's I would really, tune just, in. I'm not saying I wouldn't love it and tune in. I'm saying that if I'm just as excited about the show that is going to tell me who will play who as I am okay. the games themselves, then it's a bad way to crown a champion. I would rather watch
0: that than Game Four between the Bucks and the Magic when the Bucks are up three zero and we're just rolling a ball out <laughs> and having guys play meaningless games. Every single game would matter. Every single That's game fair. would matter, right? There, That's there fair. wouldn't be you wouldn't have teams up three zero. You would end up playing more games uh, uh, than under the normal playoff uh, sort of structure. Anyway, uh, you'd have what eighty games I think to be played uh, among the groups, whereas I, th- I believe over the last couple of years. Uh, the average number of games in the first round has been about 44. So you get more basketball, you get more games that matter, you don't get these snooze fests. And look, I think ultimately if you if you just take the, the eight teams that advance and then from there you play a best of seven uh, in each series from then on out, I think the best of seven moving forward in a final eight protects yourself from getting a... Uh, A Sacramento Kings, San Antonio Spurs NBA Finals, which is so ludicrous under any format. I can't even believe (laughs) that that's the one that you, that's just what you defaulted to. (laughs) What happened? Come on, we don't get, you don't, you don't watch the World Cup and then you get like Iran and Costa Rica playing for the World (laughs) Cup Final. It doesn't matter if like Spain gets upset early and France gets out early. You still got great teams that always make it to the end.
1: Yeah, but if you're a team like the Clippers who have worked your butts off all year to try and have home court advantage, which you're not going to have in this format, or any format for that matter, you're now at a more of a disadvantage or on an equal playing field as the Blazers, who really have no business being any part of this at all. They're, they're seven games under 500. I think eight games under 500 right now. Get them out of here. They shouldn't even have the same amount of, 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 of chance to get into a knockout round as the Los Angeles Clippers well what I forgot to mention uh, how they would put pick these groups it would be randomly done as Micah mentioned they would probably televise it and it would be fun it would be great TV but there is an argument against this format from some teams uh, according to Kevin O'Connor of the ringer who said uh, there's a chance that you do have a group of death and normally when you do have these sort of uh, tournament styles—you've seen the World Cup, even the feeble World Cup—you get group of deaths, and a potential group of death could feature uh, something like the Bucks, Celtics, Rockets, Mavericks, Pelicans. How tough would that be if you're the Milwaukee Bucks who are on a record-setting pace in the regular season in terms of wins, and then you have to go through the Celtics, Rockets, Mavericks, Pelicans, uh, and, and, and potentially not even get to the knockout stage? That's some one team that could, you know, really have a gripe about this format. Well, the Milwaukee Bucks should should
0: take some life lessons that I've been taught my whole life with the three words: life isn't fair. I'm sorry, it's <laughs> not. Like I, I, would rather have basketball under any format than no basketball at all. Look, it's a complete one off. I'm I, I'm sorry that the the one season that they were on a the, some record-setting pace ended in uh, ended under the under these circumstances. But I don't know what what if they were to bow out early in the second round, or I I won't even say the first round to Orlando, but like, let's say they get bounced in the second round in like a weird, uh, series against the Oklahoma city thunder or or Miami heat, which would be the eight, nine. If we do the straight one through 16, there's like I said earlier, there's going to be an asterisk next to whatever happens, no matter what. So we might, we might as well just embrace the weird look. Carlin, we're playing games with no fans at a, an amusement park under a space jam style tent. Like what why like there's nothing normal about whatever it is is going on. So why try to protect some uh some just like false sense of normalcy
1: when it's anything but normal? Listen, I I am all for I'm all for trying something new. I just don't think this is it. I, I just really don't think that this is it. You're putting in a disadvantage. I, I want some sort of advantage for the teams that worked their butt up all year. That's all. I, I, I want some. I got no, one for that's you. That's all I want. The one thing, though, right, the one I, thing I, that they – go ahead.
0: Well, I was going to say, what, well, if you got one last thing on group play, I, I do have a proposal for you that I think is, is a little bit of a blend of both of these.
1: The, well, the group play – the the second option was uh that was, was floated out to teams, uh, according to the report, was that – Tier one teams would be able to draft their own groups, and that would take away uh, the randomness of the draw and also put, you know, some sort of control in their hands. Teams are obviously not going to want to do that. That's tough, right? That's like what Major League Baseball was trying to do, where you, you, win, uh, you win, the division winners get to pick the, who they play in the playoffs. I think that's nonsense. That's just setting yourself up for failure.
0: I love it. Give me all the bulletin board material in the world. <laughs> it would be phenomenal. It would also be hilarious when all the West teams get picked first.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I do I mean, think
0: I. You know the the one thing that I that I do I do like about like the the idea of twenty teams here is, look, life isn't fair. So if they just decide to move on with the sixteen teams and it's like I'm sorry, Pelicans, Blazers, Spurs. Uh, And Kings like I I know that they weren't mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet, but like whatever there's no perfect solution out there And if what we have to do is just move forward with the 16 uh, Then that's fine. I I do however think like it would be cool if if uh, San Antonio's playoff streak uh, kept going look, you know, you know, I'm the biggest Zion guy in the world There's not a (laughs) single one of those other teams in tier one tier two tier three or tier four that would want any part of Zion Williamson in, in the happiest place on, on Earth, just dunking dudes off of uh, into Space Mountain.
1: Has anyone seen any pictures of Zion since uh, since we've been on this pause? Like, I don't want what, to. What, what sort of shape to. is he in right now? The best shape of his life. There's no reason <laughs> yeah, to believe that sure. he isn't. <laughs> All right. What was your proposal? So you, the... you said you had something. Well, give, me, I... give it
0: well i mean you you look you you just mentioned the idea of teams and that that tier one sort of drafting who would go into their group what if we just did a 16 team bracket uh but then rather than seed one through 16 you just let the teams essentially pick their bracket and then you fill out the regions and then it's a milwaukee it's a bucks region a lakers region a raptors region A Clippers region, then you you are still sort of rewarding those top four teams. Uh it's a little bit more normal, but it's not just strictly one to sixteen. Here we go. Because, like we were talking about earlier, if 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 reports come out that like Kevin Durant's gonna play, you know what, you know who the Lakers are not selecting for their first round opponent? Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. So I think that this. Uh, gives you a little bit, so, sort of more of that intrigue. It's something that's a little bit different. There's a you don't have to worry about about teams not being able to travel because they don't know where they're gonna go. Uh, and and like I said before, I want give me all the bulletin board material in the world. I want all of it.
1: I I like it. I like the. I, I just don't like the randomness of it. I like the. I like the creativity. I just don't like the randomness of uh, being able to to kind of just pick these random. Like if you if the Nets kind of sandbag and say that Durant is not playing, neither is Kyrie Irving, and you're the Bucks, and you say, all right, we'll take that team, and then all of a sudden Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are, are on the court and they're out in the first round. What do you say?
0: No, you you. Well, no, you, you just make teams lock in rosters before we decide it, right? I mean if you're the if you're the NBA where we're, everyone is completely making this up on the fly anyway if the That's NBA good. just decided the NBA decided okay we're gonna we're gonna start training camps on June 15th and by uh June 28th you have to lock in your playoff roster and there'll be a draft on July 3rd or something right there's ways around that.
1: I have one for you, and this is not one I really agree with, but it's one I thought of while we were talking here. Uh, let's have instead of having a play-in round for for the 8th seed, because that's the the real the real gripe is the teams like Portland and the Pelicans who think that they have a chance of getting the 8th seed, and they're crying. I saw I saw a quote of Damian Lillard saying that he, he would not play if they was if they're going to plan on finishing the regular season with uh, seventy two games that probably won't give them enough games to get into the playoffs. He needs to stop, all right? He, guys like that need to stop. But if if they have a gripe, the four teams that have a, a chance to get into the playoffs, maybe we put it out to the fans. What about a fan vote? If it's all about what ratings anyway, who do you most want to see in the playoffs? Is it the Pelicans? Is it the Trailblazers? The Blazers? Is it, is it the Grizzlies? Who do you most want to see in the playoffs in that eighth seed in the Western Conference? <laughs>
0: The Grizzlies are getting so screwed by having a three-and-a-half game lead. And you're going to turn it into a popularity contest? With uh, well, your boy Zion would get in among, among the five teams in which they're probably the least popular team? <laughs> you're getting, a lot of, more you're getting popular Zion a right back.
1: there. You'd be spamming you know, the, I, I, for any, the uh, Pelicans.
0: I'm, I'm doing it in my mind right now. I, I'd be voting for them nonstop. Nobody wants to, <laughs> nobody wants to see that. We're not going to turn this into a meme glowing about uh how Zion is is an unstoppable force to, that can't be reckoned with by anybody but no, stop it. What do you fan vote? That's more sure. that's more ludicrous than any of the other random ideas thrown out there. Why don't we just flip coins? Don't Why, don't we, so Josh Why don't we draw? straws Why don't we
1: we're almost, we're almost at that it. level of, fl- of flipping coins and, and and drawing straws right now. Anything is on yeah. the table. Uh, it, it would be a ratings bonanza, point blank period, however we slice it. I know there's a, the, the initial report that we all heard going into the weekend was that they were going to close the regular season with about 70 to 72 games. Right now, I think the Hawks have the most games played in the entire league at 67. So that would mean three games for them. Uh, there is a Woj and, and, and Zach Lowe collaborated on uh, an article talking about the report that teams like the Hawks, teams like the Cleveland Cavaliers, teams that have young teams that are already eliminated from the playoffs, but have a lot of young players, do want to get on the court and play some of these games and string this out. We've had conversations off the air. Y- you don't like trying to close the regular season in any format. You just want to go straight to the playoffs, correct?
0: No, I, yeah. And that's why, like, one, one of the. The, the most serious aspect of all of this, right, is just health and safety uh, need to be the number one priority of every single person and every single decision maker and every single player uh, that, that is participating in everything going on here. There was a report, I believe it was Woj, saying that teams were were going to be advised to tr- uh, to limit their traveling parties. And that includes players, coaches, support staff. Uh, to 35 people. Okay, so uh, let's say that we make all 30 teams go uh, right off the bat. We're introducing about another 400 people into the mix by bringing those 14 non-playoff teams. And I understand the the want and the desire to get some more reps uh, for for certain young players. But but there are oper- there are other ways of doing that. I don't think that. Yeah, like the Atlanta Hawks would would want some extra reps for their guys to see what they have, but but is is a random five games played uh, in a tent gonna really change anything long term for the Atlanta Hawks? And then what do you, what do you do about older teams or teams like the Golden State Warriors that they're clearly already have turned the page uh, to the next season? And I I just I I just don't understand. I don't see how the pros outweigh the cons in any way, shape, or form of forcing all 30 teams to come back to play what's essentially a couple of glorified scrimmages. That by the way, is one of the reasons why I, I don't hate the, the 20 team proposal because then it's a, it's kind of like a, it's, it's a halfway measure. You're not, Inviting back every team that's so far out of the playoff mix just to play a couple of, of what boils down to relatively meaningless games uh, in the grand scheme of things. But then you're also not telling teams that were not out of it, like, hey, I'm sorry. Sorry, but try again next year. So that that is one of the things where I do think that the 20 team option uh, provides a little bit of middle ground there between the we want every team to have the opportunity that would have had the opportunity uh, to make the playoffs uh, while also trying to some limit some of the risk involved with. Having all these extra people all descend in one place, it's already going to be somewhat of a logistical nightmare. I just don't see the benefit towards forcing an extra 400 people uh, and 14 teams to come just so we can play another couple of extra games that really just aren't going to mean
1: much in the grand scheme of things. How, how do you see this playing out on TV? I, I was watching, uh, before we got on here, I was watching a little bit of Bundesliga action, and they have obviously no fans in the building, uh, but they had the fake noise, the fake crowd noise piped in. And before this, this weekend, I saw a bunch of people complaining, Oliver, And and by the way, that brings it up. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you love basketball and you're also a soccer fan or football, wherever you uh, are living in the world, you call it something different. Definitely uh, Sound System FC is is the place to be. They got you covered over there, a a partner of this beautiful uh, NBA Sound System podcast. They're all in the Sound System family. But the Bundesliga uh, has fake crowd noise pumped into the arena and i actually didn't mind it watching it on tv i mean clearly you can't see you can see that there's no one in the building and i mean once you get past that it actually made watching the game a little bit more enjoyable having the fake crowd noise pumped in they there's rumors that they are talking about that for the nba it would be completely different in the nba because the, you you when the camera's shooting a basketball game you can see a good portion of the crowd, a, a lot of, you know, Gucci Row was a thing. People sh- show up to sit at courtside in the NBA game because they want to be seen. There's not going to be that sort of level of celebrity there or anything like that uh, what when this gets back up and running. But having the fake crowd noise, would that bother you? No,
0: not at all. And I actually, th- I think that they should do it. One of the things, that, and, I, and I was actually going to go uh, in another direction for why they would. I, I'm glad that you brought up. Uh, Bundesliga doing it. I now one thing that they should not do is go uh, the route that uh South Korean baseball went with uh the fake, uh you know, yeah, what is the that? fake Pokemon? fans? The, we're not going to talk. We're, come on, <laughs> we're, come, come on. on. We're not. We're we, not going to dive we're into all that. the details of what the. Yeah, we are better than that. But I do think so. You know, we all this past weekend there was the the match too, right? The the golf between uh, Tiger and Peyton Manning, and then Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. And a lot of people were saying how how amazing it is that they were miked up the entire time. And wow, they, like other sports should really look into miking up players uh, and just airing the trash talk. There is no way. Uh, that NBA trash talk would be allowed to go live and unedited uh, in households across America, and forget even being mic'd up. If there's no if there's no crowd noise being pumped in, all of that stuff is going to get picked up by floor mics and announcing crews. Like I, I just I don't think the rest of America, especially for our younger fans out there, maybe under the age of. 1816 God forbid you're like a 9-year-old tuning in to watch the NBA. You might hear some things that you're not really prepared to hear yet. So, I I like the crowd noise if only because I think that just it would make the players feel less self-conscious about every single thing that comes out of their mouth uh being aired to millions of people. What was it? 5.6 million people watched that uh that golf exhibition over the weekend. Yeah. So, Every single one of these games is going to just have, it's going to be a ratings bonanza. The last thing you need is uh, four-letter words and colorful things flying out of the mouths of players and uh, incorporating some some new lingo and lexicon that I'm, I'm guessing a lot of our younger fans up there didn't even know existed. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm all for fake crowd noise, just not yeah. for the reasons that maybe the Bundesliga uh,
1: is doing it. Yeah, you you sat in the truck. You sat in the production truck while there's been an NBA game on and and players are mic'd up. And I'm sure you would have seen the audio guys trying to pick out the one 10 minute clip that they can air (laughs) on TV when when the players are mic'd up. Uh, I'm I'm sure it's a pretty tough task. Um, and if, you know, if you watch The Last Dance on ESPN and Michael Jordan uh, dropping an F-bomb every now and then bothered you, uh, you, you probably have to think twice about, you know, cheering for the NBA to Micah players during a playoff game. Uh, that's there, look,
0: there, there's a reason why those uh, those wired segments that are shown during <laughs> playoff games are just the most generic. Like, <laughs> come on, guys, we can do this. Hey, got to get back on D. <laughs> It's because ninety-nine point nine percent of the stuff isn't usable.
1: newsman has got to find a way to package that uh, that stuff that we haven't seen and, and make it a DVD for uh, for sale at some point. Uh, that that would definitely be fun. Where do you think they land before we get out of here? Where do you think they land? I, I know what you want, but where do you think they land at the end of it all? I I actually think they're gonna go with the group play thing.
0: I, look, Adam. I know that the the NBA has a long history uh, of thinking outside the box. Uh, Adam Silver is an innovator; he's a creative thinker. And and look, one, one of the if you remember back to when they were thinking about trying to, how do we build this mid season tournament, and and one of the biggest uh, one of the biggest sources of inspiration was the European soccer model. And Adam Silver is on the record saying uh, how. And jealous isn't the right word, but how he he looked at European soccer and thought, man, it would be so cool if we could sort of take an element of that and introduce it to the NBA fan. This is a the NBA is in a is in a spot where they have an opportunity here to try something so far outside of the realm of something that they could do under normal circumstances. Uh, I actually kind of think I think they're going to go for it. I I think they're going to take a big swing here. Uh, because it's just we're in this unprecedented wave, and I think that creates a level of excitement uh, that goes so far beyond just doing things like they always have. Um, and, and there's and you don't really run the risk. Of, I I know that in you know in Kevin O'Connor's article on the Ringer.com, which was a great piece, by the way. I think one you know one of the reasons that he said some teams were hesitant towards. Uh, maybe wanting to go this route is it creates some sort of precedent where teams might give up leverage in future negotiations, particularly Eastern Conference teams, because they 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 don't want a situation where more teams from one conference than the other can, can uh, you know, can advance into the playoffs. There's not this situation that we're having right now is not something that's going to happen again. It's not replicable. Uh, so to think that whatever they decide to do with hosting a basketball tournament at Walt Disney World uh, with no fans in the arena will somehow have these grand consequences that stretch far beyond into the next collective bargaining agreement. (laughs) I I, I don't see it. I think it's a one-time really weird situation uh, that I think lends itself to creative decision makers uh, coming up with creative solutions. And this pool play thing, I know you hate it, uh, man, it would be fascinating.
1: I, I hate it. I hate it with a passion, capital H. Uh, I, I think they'll go with the 1 through 16. I don't think we'll go status quo. I'm, I, I, I agree with you where they're going to have to shake things up or try something different, and they've been trying to go to this one sixteen format for a very long time, and I think it's new enough to appease people that want to change, and it still has some integrity to the old style of playoff format where you still have – some reason to 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 care about east versus western conference where you're going to crown a champion at the end of it that's gone through four rounds and i had to win you know 16 games and uh it's going to look like the playoffs for for better or worse but it's going to be closer to crowning a real champion and and maybe if they do make a change based off of this down the line, I think that's the one they would go to. I mean I mean the the the, the, the tournament style and the you know the European style of play, I, I just don't think works here uh, in this on this side of the world. But let me I, let me, I, I think let there's going to ask can I ask
0: you something about that? Can go I for ask it. you something about that? Okay. So Look, people love March Madness, right? They love the first weekend. Uh, they love when upsets happen, but then when we get to later rounds, it's then a complaint of sometimes like, wait, it's the Final Four. Like, I don't want to watch Butler and VCU play. Like, what are we doing? Like, give me give me the best teams. Uh, on the other side of the token, in something like the World Cup, uh, one of the top teams, if not the top team, gets bounced early every time. Uh, 2018, the number one overall team in the tournament at the World Cup was Germany. They did not make it out of pool play. The World Cup before that, 2014 Spain, they did not make it out of pool play. Uh, You go on down the list. I'm not going to here, but it happens all the time. France one year after winning it. Yep, in 2002, France and Argentina, 2010, Italy. There's a bunch of examples of, if not the top team, then one of the two or three top teams always getting bounced. And yet... You never really hear people complain uh, because they put the onus on the teams themselves. Like you have opportunities to get the job done and to get out of get out of your pool. So why are why are we now all of a sudden scared of? Do, do we need to hold the hands of these great teams to ensure that that they just take care of business? I I like that they're faced with a little bit of a tougher, stiffer challenge earlier on. Because I just, I like the pressure.
1: But the difference between the World Cup and and, and this is that, you know, France, for example, that got knocked out after winning the World Cup in 2002, they knew going into that tournament, they would be on the same level playing field as all the other teams, the 32 teams that were going into it. They didn't have an advantage at all. They weren't going to have home field or home court advantage. It was going to be at a neutral site. They were going to have to go through the same qualification process as everybody else. They didn't get any, you know, charity cases here. Uh, Whereas in this situation, you just had a regular season and now you're basically saying oh it doesn't really matter like what what you're throwing that all the way no you're throwing it all the way because boston now has the same chance to win as milwaukee
0: no it doesn't because no because your your regular season your record determines what tier you're in it's not like you're not going to be the lakers and then all of a sudden be like well crap now we have the bucks clippers rockets and raptors all in our group like the records still matter like that that helps determine kind of where you slot in and how many good it's no different than how if you're the top seed you're playing the eight seed right you're just playing the tiers are still determined based on how you performed in the regular season what you did up until this point still kind of slots you into a position where you don't have to play the Lakers or the Clippers or the Bucks or one of these other great teams early on. So in a way, your record is still valuable. It still helps you, uh, just maybe not as much as it would otherwise because, look, we don't have – there's no such thing as home court advantage anymore anyways. Right, right? but
1: at at least there's the advantage of playing one team and you know you have to beat them four times. And if you're the better team, odds are you're going to come out of that series unscathed. The Bucks know that they're going to play them, Orlando Magic. They know they have a seven-day window or seven-game window that they could mess up in. Whereas in your format, in the format that is is potentially being put out there with this 20-team tournament, they slip up and mess up and, and, and lose two games. They might not even make it to the knockouts. You know stage. what? That's the difference. You know One what? One th- random game. You know could what I think everything. it is here. You know what I think it is here.
0: I think right. I think you've been you've been riding the Lakers all year long. Okay. I'm nervous. I'm uh, not gonna lie. You've been riding the Lakers all year long here. You're just you're just nervous that if they're in a group with the Pelicans and Rockets and Heat, that they're not gonna get out. All this all this <laughs> is is you just clamming <laughs> up at the thought that your beautiful beloved LeBron and Anthony uh, Davis pairing uh fall short and don't get it out of the out of the group play. No, I'm sorry. It's gonna ruin my, my argument no, for look, LeBron James being a better player Bucks, than Michael Jordan. If you're the Bucks, okay, and you cannot make it out of a round robin with the Utah Jazz, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Portland Trailblazers, you don't deserve to win the NBA title. You got to right. like I, that. That's one of those things where it, it, this drives me every nut every year in the uh, in the NCAA tournament when fans of teams complain all the time about oh we have this really hard path and oh we have to play this team in the sweet 16 and look if you're going to win it all you got to be good you you got to beat good teams to win a title anyway and if, if you're one of those teams on the upper crust and you can't make it through a region because you you have the dallas mavericks instead of the memphis grizzlies like i don't feel sorry for you you got to take care of business
1: well, as you said at the start, of, or somewhere in between, the world isn't fair. So someone's going to complain whatever we end up getting at the end of the day. While we're on here, one of our uh, our good friends, friend of the show, Mark Stein, just tweeted that uh, the Sixers are now another team that have opened their practice facilities. That takes us up to 22 teams, folks, 22 teams who now have practice facilities open, who are now getting their guys back in and trying to get them in shape for the restart of the regular season or playoffs however it happens we're going to crown a champion in 2020 fingers crossed as i said at the beginning i'm optimistic about it micah where are you on the optimism level after all this the I'm half here. hour we just spent
0: i'm here. here i'm even i'm even more i'm even more optimistic <laughs> than i was 44 <laughs> minutes ago let's go baby
1: NBA <laughs> season hopefully comes back the bottom line in all this though hopefully it comes back and we find a safe way to do it Uh, Thanks for listening to NBA Sound System. Keep it locked here. Every Tuesday, we will come at you with a brand new LIVE live episode. And fingers crossed, the next time we hear from you or you hear from us, we will be talking about real basketball. We'll see you next week right here on NBA Sound System.